Hi and welcome to The Expansive. My name is Eric. I am one half of The Expansive podcast. I'm a speaker and an executive coach. And as always, I'm joined by my ever elegant co-host, keynote speaker and futurist strategist and a traveler, new international traveler for the first time in a very, very long time, Mr. John Sane. John, how are you doing, brother? I am wonderful. I'm coming in from Vilnius in Lithuania, which funny enough, which is so weird if you think about it, I've got lots and lots of Jewish friends, very close with them. They're my brothers. Where, guess where they all come from? Vilnius in Lithuania. <laughs> and so every time I tell any of my friends in South Africa, I'm going to Vilnius or Lithuania, they're like, hey, my family's from there. I'm like, how <laughs> odd is it that I live around people from Lithuania without realizing it? And then I get booked to go to Lithuania without really understanding that connection. And here we are in, uh, in Lithuania, a beautiful, beautiful uh, country so far, what I've seen and... Uh, speaking at a couple of conferences here and just, yeah, I love having been uh, on the plane again, except every hotel I get to, the organizers of the conferences have, or, or mandated by the governments to have me tested. So I've had prodding and schmodding and uh, STDs, of course. Uh, oh. No, man, uh, Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corona. And so I've had things down my throat, up my nose, in my bum. Just kidding. Um, yeah. So that, that's been the one weird thing. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm after this podcast, I'm getting a massage and then going in for a little bit of a tour of the city. So yeah, having a great time. How's everything back there in South Africa? Yeah. Great. And for, um, for those listeners who are perhaps new and haven't listened to the show for that long, when we started, this was quite a, a common thing that as we started the podcast, it was about, you know, where are we joining in from the world? And uh, mm. it's kind of good to just have that back, that little bit of a, a start back. Yes. Nostalgia. It's a bit of yeah, nostalgia. It definitely yeah. is for me. Um, yeah. But if you are new, every week we release a new episode here on The Expansive about what it means for individuals and organizations to approach the future with an expansive mind. And we would love for you to join us more regularly. You can subscribe to this podcast as we challenge the status quo, as we banter about life and expand our perception of what is possible. And today we'll be speaking about time. But before we get to that, uh, of course, we like always just checking in with like what's been happening in the world. And there are actually, as always, a ton of uh, changes happening that is worth highlighting. So the first thing that I thought we could talk about, John, is that uh, China announced they'll be cutting video game time for kids down to three hours. For the Which, weekends, uh, what? Oh, nothing during oh yeah. the week and then yeah, only yeah. three hours on the weekends, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from eight to yeah. nine o'clock. Yeah. It's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yes, that's right. That's right. So here's the thing, you know, um, I think a lot of parents are exceptionally happy about this. Let's just start there. I think a lot of kids are exceptionally up unhappy about this. But I think the thing when it comes to China, I think we often try to project our Western ideals onto their civilization and say, well, is it right? Is it not right? Should they be managing that much people's time or not? And the truth is, it's unfair for us to do that. So I'd like to start off with mm. that. I think the Chinese have their own history, their own civilization. And by the looks of things, they were a lot more civilized than the Western world a lot earlier. So yes, do people agree with this, this sort of like dictatorship that goes in and manages every aspect of your life? You know, you speak to Chinese people, which I have done, and whether they, they're doing it for PR reasons or not, they reckon, look, they know no better. If you're sticking to the rules, it's all good. Um, and, and they're kind of happy about it. You know, I, in fact, even heard of a guy who was going to get a, a, a guy went to go uh, ask for a daughter's hand in marriage from the dad. And the dad actually went in and looked at his rating that the government had given him before he wow. said yes to getting married. Wow. 
So sure. there's goods and bads. But so this gaming thing and time and managing it, I think it's a wonderful exercise to see how it actually gets people to evolve and go back outside and engage with each other in different ways. And I think it's something really great to watch out for. You know, what are, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of moving in a different direction here because mm. when I think of, you know, the future, the metaverse that we just mm. spoke about not too long ago and where we mm. are heading, um, I think gaming in a big way prepares you for that and helps you to understand what's happening in those kind of worlds, you know? Mm. I mean, Second Life, World of Warcraft, all of those mm. games to some extent actually helps you to understand what this digital world is all about. Mm. And you know, have you heard of Axie Infinity? Yes. So like for those biggest, of you who don't know. Is that the biggest uh, employer in the world right now? It make more people make more money from that than any other company in the world. That's what I've heard. It could be. I don't know that that kind of detail. Run, run, that run a, told me that. Run yeah, it's a yeah. um, it's a game that essentially runs on crypto. Like you can sell and trade in the game, and you can make real money out of it. Mm. And you know, for most people, that's foreign. Like you don't get it. If you're a mm. kid, that that's quite natural to you. You know, mm. and mm. we also know that like the world championships of gaming it's become mm. massive it mm. had like bigger viewerships and some of the biggest uh mm. like events in the world yeah. bigger prize money i think mm. i can't remember what event it was but the prize money for like a it was a specific game that we were playing was more than like the soccer world cup for example it was even more than golf i think i think there was a comparison yeah. between some kid earning more money than tiger woods would have if he had won a competition yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. i mean it's ridiculous and like so yes i i get that Anything in excess is bad. Mm, and mm. maybe maybe that's what they're looking at is they're saying kids mm. are just spending way too much time and we need to, to moderate it. But I also think there's mm. real utility and value in people um, being allowed to to explore, play games. I don't know. Like, look, I, I'm talking about it. I'm, yes. Yeah. Look, firstly, you're a millennial and you're a gamer. Yes. I'm a Gen Z I'm, and not I'm a gamer. So, yes. and, and, <laughs> why do I feel old all of a sudden? Damn it. Um, look, I think if you look at, think about China and what they're doing is they're breaking down and cutting down all sorts of different things. So this is just another move towards mm. bringing some sort of stability and balance to their company. I mean, their country. But either way, uh, I think there's pros and cons to both of it. And For I sure. think it's a good thing. The second story I want to cover, which I think is of a course, really good one, of course, of course uh, I'm a big uh, proponent of this. This is a story about moms who microdose magic mushrooms say the psychedelic made them better parents. Now, um, if you were at my uh, talk uh, for, for Suits and Sneakers, uh, you would have seen that I am a big proponent of psychedelics and, and microdosing. Um, I speak to my parents a lot about it. I speak to as many people who would listen to me about it and just show them these documentaries that are coming out on how it changes the way your brain functions, how it diminishes water retention in your body and inflammation, how it gets you to think in fresh ways, how it releases tensions based on the ways of old ways of thinking. And it was made illegal and thought to be a very dangerous drug back in the 60s um, because of very conservative ways of thinking about these things. And now science is starting to wake up and realize that the power of these plants really is magical. And 
In fact, spores, the basis of fungus, is what apparently brought life to Earth with some asteroids. So we have the world's largest living organism called the World Wide Web. I mean, the Wood Wide Web, which is the mix of mushrooms and this network underneath the ground mm. that's moving nutrients and messaging that we're only just starting to figure out. It was, came, comes from a documentary from BBC around how trees communicate. And there's also many books written about this. So the mushroom itself, which has got millions of different variations, has incredible healing qualities, uh, mentally, emotionally, PTSD reasons, and all sorts of different reasons. So I do microdose um, sort of like two, three days a week. And I'm talking like milligrams, like 100 or 200 milligrams of it, which is very light. But it definitely gives me energy, focus, clarity, and really something that I absolutely love. I'm a big fan of, of, of plants. But because we're speaking about time management, um, it makes time disappear. It's real weird because it's almost like time becomes a construct that doesn't really matter when you're with it because you're so creative and you're so focused in the moment and in the now. What are your thoughts, Eric? Yeah. Uh, did you watch the Fantastic Fungi mm, documentary? Yes. Okay, because yes. that's on Netflix for those interested. And it really is, like, it's not just about the this psychedelic component of it, but a, mm. about mushrooms as a whole and how it's being used in therapeutic modalities and, and different mm. things and turkey tails and lion's mane. Yes, and turkey tails, exactly. That it's healed yeah. the guy's mom from cancer. Yeah. 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 And right. um, it was a very interesting documentary. Uh, like, it was interesting mm. for me that, like, this guy who kind of leads the entire documentary. Paul Stemmett. Used to have a stutter. Mm. And then through like this mm. incredible psychedelic experience he had, mm. he now doesn't have it. But even more than that, his entire life is now about speaking. Like he gets onto yeah. stages and like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's speaking throughout this entire documentary and he speaks really well. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's definitely an interesting field. And I think there's going to be a lot of research coming out in years to come. And I think mm. people are going to be more and more open to it. But mm. it really, you know, I, I think about it from an adaptability point of view. Mm. Like you, you really have to be able to let go of your preconceived ideas of it. Mm. Uh, but this is, and I'm, I'm actually speaking broader just as we move forward into the future, like everything that you once believed and mental models mm. that you had, like mm. those aren't going to be the blueprints that you're going to use for the future. And so the more you can dissociate yourself from that, like that's going to predict know, to a large extent how comfortable you are with where we are going. Yeah, you know, the thing, society is built a society to conform with. So things that are legal are seen and deemed to be good, right? So you'll have somebody who's on Prozac, their kids are on Ritalin, they're having a bottle of whiskey, but they'll never touch a mushroom. Yeah. You're like, dude, you're killing yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I'll drink a bottle of whiskey. I'll get blind drunk, but I'm never going to touch a joint because that's illegal. So, yeah. And if you think yeah. back and go back to where these things became illegal, there were usually from old white conservative men in the 1960s that created legality and illegality. And that has formed our perspective of conforming and not conforming. And so now what happens is you, it's just ridiculous because I can get so drunk, but I'll never touch MDMA mm. because that's just something that's illegal, which is something that we need to rethink, just like we're re rethinking child labor, just like we're thinking how women can be better leaders than men, just like we're thinking of so many things, you know, there's just so many different variations of that. But let's get stuck into time because I think this is a really important one. And I think that most of us think about time management uh, specifically around diaries and I'm running out of time or I need more time in my day. I can't get to the things that I want to be doing. And for you who are listening, who want that sort of podcast, 
this is the wrong podcast for you <laughs> because that's what we're not what we're talking about. That's boring filer facts. Did you ever have a filer facts, Eric? Just by the way, uh, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Am I old again, bro? <laughs> so filer facts, you know that leather bounded diary that you used to walk around with all your phone numbers in it and all your all the points that you had to do for that day, right? I remember when I used to drive a Beetle, my first car when I was 17, I used to have a Filofax and I used to walk around shopping centers with my Filofax because that meant I was serious <laughs> about life. I had everybody's numbers with me. I, not that I had a cell phone, but there were no cell phones there. So that Filofax idea of time management is so boring. I want to talk about something totally new. Are you seriously don't know what a Filofax is, dude? No. I mean, if you call it a diary, perhaps, then sure. Yeah, back then it was a file effects. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, well, I'm going to stop making these uh, <laughs> assumptions that you're with me in this journey of in my 40s. <laughs> so I want to talk about a couple of things when it comes to timing, which I think are just awesome uh, way to rethink time. So first off, I do a masterclass around capital and building capital. And there's many different ways to think about capital. And I'm not just talking about money because that's one version of capital. But we mm. also have relationship capital, social capital, time capital, health capital. And what I mean by this is that we all have very specific relationships when it comes to our bodies, to health, to relationships, to money, to time. And some people are very poor in time. You know, those people who never have time, they're always running short, they're always late. These are just people who've got a terrible relationship with time. Other people are never have an issue with time, just like mm. you would have a relationship with a problem with relationships itself or with money. These are just relationships. So you can fix your relationship with time by thinking about it differently and not always being anxious about it. That's the first thing. The second can thing I, I want to talk about. Can I yeah. say yes, something? Yes, of, of course, of course. Um, there was a, a, a meme that I saw a while ago or like a tweet or something that someone said, um, you know, you always look at billionaires and you think, uh, like you want to have their lifestyle. So I think the example they used was like Warren Buffett. So like, they like, you could have Warren Buffett's wealth and also his age at the same time, or you can be a billionaire in time, like in seconds. Like, which one do you mm. choose? Mm. Right. Like, meaning that you have age on your side and youth on your side. And like, once it's framed like that, you're like, actually, well, it, it doesn't help being old and having all that money. Like, what you mm. really want is actually the wealth of time. Uh, good, good point. Mm. I like that. Um, look, Warren Buffett has gotten to this age by drinking a Coke every day and a McDonald's burger. Have you seen his diet? I mean, it's just like the guy should have been dead at 28 and he's flipping <laughs> still going. Anyway, crazy story that. So, okay, so you're right. I, I, love, I love that aspect of having time. And for me, you know, freedom, spontaneity, walking around a new city with no destination in mind is me playing with my version of time. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, 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 I like that. That's a, that's a good point. I just think we always like the conditioned mindset is I don't have time. I don't have time. Yeah. Actually, if you just look at it, you have a wealth of time. It's just yes. about the application of it and like actually embracing the notion and accepting the idea of it. I love that because people also complain, I don't have enough money. There's not enough money. It's not enough money. Yeah. Or there's, everybody's a crook. Everybody's a crook. It's like, that's what you're doing with time, right? I don't have enough time. It's like yeah. you're rushing mm. towards it before it's even started. But, you know, the thing with time is, is that I think you'll agree with me, Eric, is that time has changed since COVID started. It's almost like we have this prolonged 
like long piece of time and then also incredibly fast moving time. So if you think about it every week, you turn, I mean, not every week, every time you turn around, it's Friday. You're like, oh my God, it's Friday again. I can't believe mm. it's Friday again. Where did the week go? But then some things take forever, like this lockdown, right? It's the mm. longest thing, but so time is morphing, evolving, changing. So we now know it's a very malleable thing. And we often used to think of it as this concrete A to B, that's the only way you can measure time. But the truth is, is the way we perceive time is how time actually reacts to us. And I said this on my birthday two years ago, I made a post about it at 44. And I said, you know, what I've realized and learned at 44 is that you age according how to you, how you perceive time. So if you are having a wonderful time and time is disappearing and you're just in the state of flow, you don't age because your brain and body is not aging. They're in a state of flow. When you are hating what you're doing and you're in a difficult space and you're angry and frustrated and you haven't done the work that you need to do and you're always complaining, time goes slowly and you age mm. accordingly. So I actually think perception of time and approaching time in a more conscious and courageous way gives you an opportunity to age less and to grow healthier as you grow older. So mm. I think that's a really important point to make uh, before we even start talking about time. Any thoughts? Because, I mean, you yeah. look amazing for 63. You must love what you do, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the, the hamburger and Coke every day. That <laughs> and the $12 billion. <laughs> yeah, those, those three things work really well together. Um, yeah, I, I think the perception of time thing is really interesting. And it, it really is a paradox. Like, if I think about the past year and how slow it has gone, but also how fast it has gone. Like, that... You're right. Like I haven't actually slowed down to to really think about it in that way. And I guess in the same way, like we, we've always felt, you felt very pressured to get to like do something and or, or reach a goal in a certain amount of time. Like that time frame was always really important. Mm. And I guess like as you, as you reconsider and recalibrate what your future looks like, you also recalibrate and reconsider in what time frame that needs to happen. Yes. Right. And so, yeah, it's interesting because I, I haven't actually, I think, deeply internalized how that relationship with time has changed. Yeah, it's changing. And then you take a little bit of mm. microdosing and it changes again because mm. now all of a sudden it's a totally different process. I made a post on Instagram yesterday. Uh, it said the biggest lie sold to us is that there's a deadline to achieving things in life. Mm. And so not only do we have this concept of time and managing is like i'm 30 i should have done this by the time i was 30 and i know women mm. suffer from this much more than men do because they have a biological clock and it's ticking and you know you should have been married by x time or whatever the case may be and and uh the pressure is much more there but even for us as men you know to success you know the factor of success is so important you don't want to be the poor husband hey eric you want to be the rich husband <laughs> right so um there's an inside joke uh, uh, eric if you want to share <laughs> yeah my, so my wife so, bought a porsche yeah <laughs> and uh we went to go pick it up and i drove home the suv with the two dogs in it and john just couldn't stop <laughs> laughing about that oh my god it's so funny you know Tall, good-looking husband driving a 4 by 4 mommy's car. Blonde, beautiful wife driving the Porsche. Welcome to the future. This is oh, the future. Uh, and so I was mocking Eric that he's the poor husband while his, his wife is the rich wife. And every time he gets out so the Porsche... So if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> you can also hire John and I to speak at events. Uh, Where I mock Eric. We do. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, when you see Eric getting out his Porsche, just wink at him because you know what you know the real story of what's going on there. Okay, so let's talk about something I learned in Los Angeles about time, which I thought was really fascinating and really helped me stretch time. And this process is called ARC. It stands for it's an acronym. It stands for uh, anticipate, relish, and contemplate. And what it really is about is trying to stretch time of things that you love doing the most. So let's, for example, use Africa Burn as an example. And for people that are listening to this not in South Africa, Africa Burn is a sort of burning man equivalent in South Africa. And a lot of people from around the world actually come into Africa Burn. They reckon it's like what the burning man used to be many years ago before it became commercialized. Um, but yeah, I've been to Africa Burn a few times. Uh, I'm dragging Eric kicking and screaming to the next one. So, uh, <laughs> but, but if you think about Africa Burn and utilizing the time scenario for it, it's a really good way to stretch five or six days of incredible experiences out there in the desert. The way we did it, and I'm sure many people will do the same, is that for about six months before Africa Burn, you start planning your tent, your outfits, your food, the construction, the deconstruction, who's driving, who's not driving, who's in the tent, who's not in the tent, what outfits are we wearing, what theme are we doing, what gifts are we giving. So your experience of that event starts six months before the actual event. And that is the first A of ARC, anticipate the event. So build Gies, build momentum, have a good time before that, because guess what you're doing? Mm. You're already at the event from six months before because you're already in it. So every time you speak to your friends about it, there's this excitement, there's this effervescent energy that's bubbling up, talking about this event that's in six months' time. And if you think about just travel or holiday or something that you're looking forward to, you do this anyway. But if you become intentional about it, and every time you think and talk about it, you realize that you're actually already at Africa Burn and already enjoying it because the Gies has already started. The anticipation factor is beautiful. And you really get into it, you know, as, as, as the momentum starts to build. Any thoughts there? No, no, go for it. I like it. Yeah. Then you get to R, which is relish. And so you've worked six months to get everything together. You arrive at Africa Burn. And I remember, you know, I've been twice and you arrive. And the first time you unpack your clothes in the tent or you unpack the tent and you set it up and then you put your first outfit on. And as you put your How first outfit. How many outfits outfit, do you have? Well, I went with one outfit, but you can, okay. it depends. You know, people can have okay. many outfits. I decided to go with like one same outfit um, I wore uh, every day. And there was one guy there who, who wore an out tent. He wore um, oblix. He was oblix every day. So that's, he was, you had okay. an oblix outfit. And uh, Mark Kornberger was Superman one day. Then he was Pac-Man the other day. I mean, you can go in anything you want, okay. right? There's no judgment. You actually can go naked every day if you want. There's no judgment, right? Um, so when you get there, relish. So you put your stuff down, you put your first outfit on and you're out into the playa, the, like the big area where everybody's at. And you begin the process of relishing in the event, you know, and it's about stopping and spending time with your friends and creating that understanding that, look, guys, we're here, we're in it, we're actually in it. And, you know, we, we, we cycled around Africa Burn quite a lot. And, and this one year we heard in the, in the far, far away, we heard of, uh, electronic violin. And we're like, what sound is that? And so we started riding towards it. And there was a lady standing there with this beautiful red flowing dress. And the wind was blowing. It was a desert. It was midday. It was hot. There was some shading there because there was a construction thing that they've put up, like some 
some wooden structure. And there was people sitting around listening to her. And we arrived, put our bicycles down, sat around her with everybody else. And there were people crying and there were people mm. just having the best time ever. And we were relishing in that idea and in that space. Now, you finish the event, you come home, and then the third part of stretching this experience starts. And that's contemplate, the sea of arc. And so what you then do is you start contemplating the event and you talk about it and you share stories about it and you go for meals talking about it and you have slideshow talking about it. And so what you've done is in its essence, if you've taken that one week experience and you stretched it in almost mm. nine months. And if you think about time like that, and if you try and build as many of these arcs in your life to try and think about things that you can look forward to and be excited about and relish and then contemplate, you really start to realize that time is just a energy source that we can tap into or become anxious about. Just like money, just like relationships, just mm. like sexuality, just like everything else, really. So time is such an interesting construct, especially now as we start to realize the morphing and changing and shifting of it. Yeah, listen, I, I really like that. Anticipate, relish, and contemplate. And mm. I, I like what you were saying about uh, having different how many of these arcs can you kind of build in? You know, that's yeah. a great way of looking yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for us to move on to some questions from the audience. Um, if you don't know that uh, we do a weekly Q&A with those people who have uh, joined us on WhatsApp. And the way to do that is to add us as a contact on your phone. It's plus two seven six four six four one one seven zero one. And then every single week, we send out a message asking for your questions, asking to send us a voice note uh, regarding this topic or any other topic that we might be covering for the week. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to do a quick summary here. So like we said, uh, it's really about your relationship with time. It's about the wealth of time that we have. It's about uh, the application of that wealth. And it's also about anticipating, relishing, and contemplating the experiences in your life to stretch time. Yes. And the last thing I want to say on time before we get to that question is the key to life for me is to find things to do that makes time disappear. If you are counting time, you're stuck. This is not a good place to be. You want to be in a space of total flow of time. And uh, mm. so my mission in life is really what else can I do that makes time disappear? And that's the biggest luxury that we could have is to set ourselves in a state of flow for time. So that's great. Uh, glad we covered those. And uh, go ahead with the question. All right. So I, I haven't listened to these. Let's quickly just... And look, yeah, just a thing um, for the listeners. We don't listen to these questions. So it's uh, right off the bat. So go for it. Good afternoon, guys. Um, thanks for the amazing podcast. And thanks for the book that I won with the giveaway. My question about time management with um, you two guys being so busy. How do you manage to stay motivated and keep a balance in your personal life? And how do you guys decide to just take a, a shutdown for yourself? Thank you, bye-bye. So we have to give a quick shout out here because we recently did a, a promo uh, for the for the, uh, uh, the book. We, we both contributed to the book, Every Business Leader Should Read. That's actually the title, the book Every Business Leader Should Read. Good title. And, and Jason won it. Uh, Jason, so thank you very much for interacting with us on the podcast, for sharing it. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, so do you want to take a stab at that question? Yeah, I, I, think I think let's that, keep it quite yeah. short because you also you need to be popping off soon. Yeah, look, the thing for me is, is uh, there is no need for balance for me. 
it's states of obsession with states of stillness. And it's really about focusing on the three, four hours of the day that you can be obsessed about something and then bring it out into something else. And yes, you can call that balance. But for me, it's about where do I fit in those three, four hours of intense work and intense thinking. And after that, my brain is, I can't, I can't do anything serious after that, you know? Mm. So I squeeze that as much out of it as possible. And then I try and find spaces where I'm totally still. So I go cycling or walking or any of those sort of scenarios. So it's really just about trying to figure out when is your best time to think, when can you be creative, and then what are you going to do to totally switch off and have sort of blank sort of space that you can think. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll echo that in that um, when I look at my diary, before anything else goes in, I have Mondays, which is in a way blocked out to a large extent. Like with exceptions, I'll put meetings or keynotes in there. But mainly Mondays are for me to think about content and it's a, it's a more relaxed day. It's a creative day for me. Whereas Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, those are like, those are intense working days. And I like to think of it in terms of how do I distribute my energy? So like early mornings, always focus on writing, researching, working on keynotes, creative stuff. I need that space. Like I can't do creative stuff late in the afternoon. So the better you understand your own rhythms as well, like maybe you're a night owl, that's fine. But the better you understand your own rhythm, the better you can plan your day and you need to play to your strengths. So like, Early mornings, creative work. Middays for me is sort of where I get to work with my clients. Late afternoons, I'll do admin type stuff. And then you always have to find a way to oscillate between the learning zone and the performance zone. And the performance zone is grind, hustle, do, do, do. And the learning zone, which we're really bad at, is saying, well, now I'm stepping back. I'm looking for feedback. I'm learning new things. I'm exploring myself or exploring the future. So uh, I think that oscillation is important. How people create it is completely up to them, but you have to be intentional with it because otherwise it's not going to get created at all. You know, I think one of the major points here is that you need to find your own rhythm. Yeah. You know, I remember you and I being on stage in Cape Town and we're talking about our early morning system and how it was the way to go to be successful. And somebody said, no, that's not how I work. And I was like, what do you mean? You have to get in more hours in the day to actually be more productive. And I've had a total change of heart there, you know? Mm. If you want to wake up at eight and only do your creativity at three in the afternoon, that's you. That's your rhythm. So yeah, I think sure. the trick here is to find your own rhythm. So good question, but ultimately a mirror back to you. Cool. Number two. Hi. Uh, time management's a massive one for me. I do what I deem to be all the correct things, getting up early, having a to-do list, prioritizing my tasks. But my biggest issue is that I'm a massive procrastinator. And I don't know if it's because subconsciously I know that I work well under pressure, um, but I'd love to understand how to stop the procrastination habit um, and to then say no to tasks that um, take up quite a bit of time, like your administration, etc., that don't necessarily add value to, to what I'm trying to achieve for the day. Like it. Procrastination. In, uh, in the world of science, they say that if you are a procrastinator, it's because you have a low frustration tolerance, LFT. So what it means is that as soon as you sit down to engage with the task, you don't have the capacity um, for the frustration that is created. And so what do you do? You need to find an outlet. You need to go in and um, disperse the frustration or the anxiety created by the task. And so you're going to do something else. And so the root cause of procrastination is always, always, most cases, an emotional trigger, right? Because mm. it's, it's avoiding the frustration. It's avoiding the anxiety. Mm. Um, I want to share something else, but I'm going to let you go first. 
while I quickly pull this up. Well, look, I mean, I, 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 I feel the same at some times, you know, the frustration and procrastination, but my, my, my response might not be very valid because it sounds like she's got incredibly busy life. Like, was there a kid in the background of that WhatsApp? So <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, you know, having a kid and a husband and a job and a boss and a colleague and working from home and being a parent and man, I have no idea, dude. I have a dog from next door that I look after <laughs> once in a while. Uh, that's kind of my level of, and everything else is quite self-first, you know, which I don't think is a great thing, but it's just the way my life is set up. So I would be adverse to giving you any advice because I don't think I share the same scenarios with you. The only thing I can say is that when you're fully focused on why you are here and access your genius, the frustration doesn't come up that often. It does. And what I do when that does happen for me is I exercise. So I go for a run, I do some press-ups, I do whatever, just to get my energy and, and oxytocin flowing again, and then I go back to the task. What were you pulling up? Yeah, and let's not forget that, you know, often intentional procrastination is a good thing, that it gives you the space to think that you don't have to solve it straight away. Uh, it helps you to think through different angles. Like, so space is often a good thing, but I think when procrastination becomes chronic, then it becomes a problem because then it gets in the way of you doing things that might actually be important to you. Um, but I made a, a YouTube video recently about the, the different procrastination styles, and there's actually six of them. And I'll just quickly tell you, the first is the perfectionist, so the person who wants everything to be perfect. And the, by the way, the reason why I'm telling you this is because um, self-awareness always precedes self-development. So if you can identify which style you are, it can also help you to pinpoint what is happening in the background and why you procrastinate. So the very first style is the perfectionist. They obviously want things to be perfect, so they are you talking about yourself, wait and wait is that you? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that that's you? definitely, it's definitely one of my styles. I have many. You have many uh, styles. Second, okay, yes, yes. <laughs> the second is the dreamer. They get caught up in these big daydreams, but they never take action on it. The third is the warrior. So they're worried about the future. They perpetually thinking like, what is going to go wrong? And if things go wrong, oh, not the warrior as in the fighter. The not warrior the fighter, as in the, the warrior. Yeah, yeah, the warrior. Yes. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Fourth is the defier, so people who despise authority. So when they procrastinate, uh, my slide on this is like a, a person giving the middle finger because right. it's like, I don't like authority and my yeah. procrastination is a sign of rebellion. Mm. Then you have the crisis maker, the person who waits for the last minute to get things done because they think mm. they operate best under pressure. Mm. And then you have the overdoer, the person who takes on so many tasks mm. that they can't get to it all. And it becomes mm. quite convenient to hide behind the fact that I'm too busy to get to everything. So mm. underneath all of those, there's some emotional pattern playing out and it's worth investigating it. But it's also nice just to kind of know, oh, these are the styles and, and there's something that can be done about it, you know? Well, I think, I think that's a good place to end the podcast because I think if you're saying it, it's everybody's got their own reason for procrastinating. There isn't one yeah. reason. It sounded like that, 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 that message was she likes working under pressure. She, yeah. That's the way she sees her best work coming out. And I know a lot of people like that, you know? They just love that way of going about living. I don't like that, but it's good for some people. But uh, thank you so much for sending the messages in. We've got a bunch more messages that we haven't been able to get through, so apologies about that. But please do send us messages. Eric has all the details around our phone numbers. Uh, you want to close us out, Eric? Yeah. So as always, thank you for tuning into the podcast this week. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or someone on your team. Uh, we, we'd also appreciate a rating on Apple uh, Podcasts and the iTunes Store if you think that that is something worth your time. And just a quick reminder that there's a few ways for you to connect with us. Um, as we kind of jokingly mentioned earlier, but very serious at the same time, uh, you can book either John or myself to speak at your event. And we also do combined learning experiences. 
And we can also join us on WhatsApp that you become a part of the expansive community. So we can also answer your questions here on the show. And again, that number is plus two seven oh six four six four one one seven oh one. As always, thank you for joining us and we look forward to joining you again in your car, uh, on your commute, on your while washing yeah, the dishes, yeah. <laughs> wherever you might find yourself yeah. next week. Thank you so much. Ciao.